0: Thank you for joining us as we elevate the Black entrepreneur experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Francis Richards. Our next guest is creating permanent keepsakes for every occasion. He is an expert in business, entrepreneurialship, and the founder of the Engraving House. Welcome, Troy Vincent.
1: Well, thank you, Dr. Francis, and uh, how are you this evening?
0: I am actually perfect. You know, I was thinking about, we do want to say to everyone, happy 2022. Can't believe we're in a new year. It's going to be a phenomenal year, but I am excellent. Thanks for asking.
1: Yes, great. You're quite welcome.
0: And I'd like to start off, why don't you fill in the gaps and share with our audience um, what you'd like them to know about you and your business?
1: Well, um the engraving house uh was founded back in two thousand and eight. Um, I got into the business actually in two thousand and five and worked under um my mentor uh for three years, just really understanding the business and um yeah so we we really started out the engraving house started out mainly doing laser engraved gifts and awards, things like that. And then we had an opportunity to get more into the stone side of engraving, which is where we are now. So the majority of our business is creating headstones uh, for cemeteries. Um, And then another portion of it is for things like commercial signage and uh, outdoor living spaces. But mainly, um primarily we we work in granite and marble. Those are the two um most popular mediums that we use. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so yep, so been doing it. I love what love what I do. Um I it doesn't feel like work. Um so I'm just fortunate to have found my purpose.
0: That is brilliant. Talk about um, going into engraving. And if I understand you correctly, you basically were doing almost like, you know, memorabilia and things like that. How did you transfer into headstones?
1: Well, um, so it actually, so I'll I'll take you back to 2005. Uh, So I'm a poet. And I had a, a business that I was running at the time called My Personal Poet. And what we were doing, um, we would create poems for different occasions: weddings, birthdays, anniversaries. Um, we would create the poem, create the personalized poem, and then we would offer the poem in a framed. Uh, the, the poem would be as a frame, you know, in a frame. And um, I had a, a gentleman contact me one time and said, "Hey." I uh it's my parents wedding anniversary, so I'd like you to create the poem. However, I don't need I just need your words. I, I don't need the frame. Uh if you could just give me the words, that'd be great. So out of curiosity I asked him, I said, Well do you mind me asking what are you doing with it? And uh he said, I'll show you when I'm when I'm done with it. So he showed me this marble heart. It was a black marble heart that had a picture of his parents laser etched on the front of it. And on the backside of it, it had the poem that was created. And I thought that was just the coolest gift ever. And uh, so that was back in 05. Well, Mother's Day of that year, I, um, I went back to him and said, hey, you know, I don't know what to get my mom. Can you make me one of those things? My sister had recently graduated college. So I think this would be something unique. And I think she'd treasure it. So he created that for me. I gave it to my mother. Mother's Day of that year. Um, I'm from New Orleans, and that's where my mother lives. So August of that year um, is when Hurricane Katrina hit. And uh, I destroyed, for the most part, in her home. And I remember her and I were walking through what used to be the living room and she sat and she cried, and she said, "All my memories are gone. Like, what am I supposed to do now?" And uh, as I looked around, I I noticed um, the keepsake that that uh, that I'd given her for Mother's Day. So I I picked it up, wiped it, and it was like brand new. And I, I handed it to her, and I noticed there was a calmness that came over her, and uh, she just got quiet. And we eventually drove back up to Atlanta and she sat in the driver's side, I mean, the the passenger side, and she slept the majority of the way, but she slept clutching that keepsake and just let it rest in her chest, um, throughout the majority of the ride. And, and at that point, I just kind of looked and I said, man, you know, memories are really important to people, you know? And so I, when I got back, I contacted the guy who created this and he, um, introduced me to my now mentor who's a gentleman uh by the name of george arnold and uh he was in Greenville, south carolina and he owned a monument company that did uh, lots of engraving but it was mainly through keepsakes and headstones so uh i spent several years under him just learning about the industry so that's at that point we um started transitioning and and in the very beginning we did keepsakes but then the opportunity presented itself where we uh was able to purchase a monument company so we combined the engraving house with a monument company and then from there we really focused the engraving primarily to headstones at that point so that's how we we have landed where we are now um so it's it's been a great ride up to this point
0: mm-hmm. I want you to have an attitude of gratitude and fill in the blank. Thank you, pandemic because
1: that's a great question That's a great statement. Um, I would say thank you, pandemic because in my industry um We have been able to help minister to lots of families who are going through a tough time and who've experienced unexpected loss. So thank you for putting me in a position where we can um, be a sense of healing for these families. Um, I would also say thank you, Pandemic, because you have helped my business grow from the standpoint of how we are able to connect with customers in ways that we would not have thought of before. So in the virtual setting, we've, we've gotten to be more creative and use technology in a way that we hadn't done prior to the pandemic. So thank you for those things.
0: And how did you pivot and shift in terms of the technology piece?
1: Well, typically, um, prior to the pandemic, we were just, this industry is a very traditional industry, the monument industry. So customers would walk in, um, we have a display yard, they would walk around a display yard, pick something out, then we would just create it with them, um, and then they would maybe spend two or three trips coming in maybe, you know, adjusting the way it's designed or looking at, you know, just visiting um, our location. But what it's, what it allowed us to do is utilize uh, things like Zoom. Um, We were able to create a, a digital catalog for people to look through that way. We started having conference calls with families. So we So now we're able to, if if a family has siblings throughout the country, we would set up a conference call or a Zoom, and then I would be able to show them different options, and they could pretty much do everything virtually without ever having to step foot um, into our, uh, onto our display yard or into the office. So it allowed us to, uh, especially for some of our older customers um who really just were not comfortable with coming outside i mean so we were able to really kind of get them the support that they needed that they can still take care of their loved ones but didn't have to endure the risk of uh of coming out being out in the public so yeah so really we we became forward thinking in terms of how we were able to connect with our customers
0: so is it only in your particular area that you are doing the um, headstones for, or are you doing it?
1: Well, so we, we ship headstones all throughout the country. Now, the ones that we install, we, we work all throughout Georgia and then the adjoining states. So parts of Alabama, parts of Tennessee, uh, parts of Florida, parts of North Carolina and South Carolina as well.
0: um, What I've done research about you, and it is known that you're an expert in business and entrepreneurial shift. Let's look, think back. Could you had imagined that this would be the business that you were in?
1: (laughs) Not at all. Um, Prior to 2005, this wasn't on my radar at all. Um, I always knew that I would be in business of some sort, but I didn't know exactly what that would be. So this totally came out of left field. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you for that. And talk about raising capital to start the business.
1: (sighs) That was it. It was uh, luckily for me then I had prepared for this time. Um, I had put money aside. Really? Uh-oh, did I lose you? Yep. I'm sorry.
0: No, I thought I lost you because you oh, went away.
1: Oh no, no, no. I'm here. So yeah, it was. It was really just. Uh, besides the money I'd saved. Um, it was going to family members and really kind of outlining a vision and selling them the vision uh getting them to believe in in me and in what I saw for it so yep and then uh personal loans through the banks, you know it was to getting any bit revenue but but they were personal loans that I took out as well.
0: so we do want to thank um, our callers the listeners that are in and if you have a question for troy just let us know or even if whatever questions you have let us know or comment we will let you um, join in i want you to talk about healthy and undefeated
1: okay um, so when the when the pandemic first came um and everybody was in a panic we didn't know what this was um we were just at a time where i felt like instead of being united we became even more divided um as a as a country and um uh, and that was disheartening because i said you know this is we've got to uh we've got to fight this animal and uh we'll be stronger together rather than apart. And let's so let's try to put, you know, let's not make this political issues or religious issues. Let's let's just this is human this is a humanity issue. And we are facing something that most of us have never seen in our lifetime. So I partnered with um some of the, the commissioners, um, some of the commissioners here in in Metro Atlanta, um, partnered with some of the um, the the health and uh, some of the some of the health organizations here um, to really bring awareness to and, and bring some some positivity to say that we will we can beat this. Um, so what I decided to do was um, I was raising money through the campaign of healthy and undefeated to month, the funds that were being raised, that was going back towards helping those who lost loved ones because of COVID um, helping them purchase the headstones that, that they otherwise wouldn't have been been able to place. So Healthy and undefeated. So I created a a poem. We, we spread the poem through, um, through social media and, and different avenues and just, Asked for um, help to bring awareness and, and everyone that gave a donation uh, we had these, these wristbands that were created. So they were able to get, get these wristbands to, to help bring awareness um, and give some positivity, you know, so the whole concept of healthy and undefeated is at the end of the day, if we can stay together and we will rise above this and that, that enemy of COVID-19, you know, it's here, but we will outlive this. We will rise above this. And and so really, I just took my gift as a poet to be able to put words together and use this as a form of inspiration to try to spread that message. So that's that's how that really came about.
0: And how was the campaign going?
1: Uh, the campaign was, was great. We, we had... Um, You know, I don't have the the latest numbers, but we've raised uh, quite a bit of money to uh, and we've helped. um, I think at last check, we've probably helped about 60 families um, with money towards a headstone. So um, it's serving a purpose. We've got thousands of people that's out there with these bands that uh I know they were wearing the bands I've gotten pictures of people showing that they they're wearing the bands and it's you know it kind of took a life on it a life on its own so yeah so it's it's doing the, doing what it needs to do
0: and so if someone is interested in um supporting the cause healthy and defeated and they want to get their band how can they do that
1: well I would say they could send us um they could send an email to uh, info as an information at engravinghouse.com. So then uh, I would get them connected with one of the the, the volunteers that are helping with the program. And uh, we would get the information and make sure that they, they get these bands mailed to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Troy, advice you wish you had
1: followed? <sighs> Oh, there's, there's so many things. Um hmm. Believe in yourself um, in spite of, in spite of, um, just blocking out, you know, you have to block out the noise. And if it's something you really believe in, you just have to stick to it and go through it. Um. And another thing is just surround yourself with people who are like-minded. That That's probably the biggest thing. Um, You know, it's not about the cool crowd or the crowd that you just have most fun with. But, you know, the old adage of iron sharpening iron, you know, as a youngster, I really didn't understand that. So now I do understand that the, the importance of, having the right relationships, having the right support group so that you all can really pour into one another. So I heard that as a youngster, but it didn't really register until later on.
0: Troy, I have to tell you, I am so impressed with what you have done where you have taken being a poet and just, you know, um, actually carved out Engraved, um, just your path, which is brilliant. Um, what you have done, and if I'm not mistaken, you've gotten into government contracting as well. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. We've uh, we've recently just kind of went into that arena, um, so that presents you know a whole other um, avenue for us. Yes.
0: And in what regards are you doing government contracting? Is it with the engraving?
1: Yeah, that's, that's more of the engraving, um, doing awards, um, from like military awards. Um, the headstones right now we're in, we're in talks. There's some opportunities for us to be able to provide headstones on the on the federal level, uh, that has not come to fruition just yet, but, um, that's going to be happening in 2022. Mm -hmm.
0: I want you to have a monologue. I want you to name this person living or not. And this person has inspired you so much. Name the person and what are you saying to that
1: person? Um I'd I'd say um my grandfather. Um my grandfather um has since gone he's passed away probably it's been maybe twenty five years now. Um but I just remember he really he didn't he had a, a sixth grade education but was uh, the, the most brilliant man that I'd met. Um, and there were just so many things about him that um, I appreciated. Um, I learned the value of hard work. Um, he, he had several dump trucks. So I was able to watch him get up early in the morning, come home late in the evenings. Um, he prioritized his family you know, his family was always first. He just was the epitome of what I would consider a real man. Um, so, you know, and he didn't talk a lot. So that was probably the first entrepreneur that I really kind of witnessed from afar, but never really had any real conversations about what that took. So, um, but, but, yeah, so he would be the one definitely that I say has uh, has inspired me uh, to continue to push.
0: What problem exists in the world today that you would like to solve?
1: Uh, we are generally speaking um, who would like for us to be more caring about our neighbors um, than we are now. Um, I I just think about, you know, even years ago, I mean, you used to know your neighbors, um, you spent time with your neighbors. um, It really, we had a sense of a village, um, but now we've gotten away from that. You know, a lot of times, you know, people, you'll have your neighbor, but you may know of them, but you really don't know them. Um, you may see their kids doing something, but you're afraid to step up and say something because of how they might respond. Um, so just getting back to the point where we can first care of your own family, and then you extend out to start helping others. Um yeah, that that's a if if we could really get to that point i think we'll be a better place really reaching out and and being responsible everybody just owning up to their issues and and sharing those
0: talk about mental health and managing your business
1: <sighs> yeah that's a uh, uh, Dr. Francis, I, I tell you, that's something that, um, so for me, um, it's, the, it's, it starts with the daily prayer, I write Words when I'm with families. And if there are no words, I ask for a compassionate ear. Um, cause yeah, it, it does get tough. Um, because I, a lot of times things get dumped, you know, it's an emotional purchase, you know, it's an emotional experience. So those emotions manifest its way in, in all different ways, you know, anger, frustration, hurt. Um, So a lot of that I take home. Um, I take home with it. And it's nice that I wake up in the middle of the night and I think about families and what they're going through. So... For me, it's it's. Um, I, I've turned it into a ministry, um, because again, I've I've been blessed to be able to articulate my thoughts and feelings from from being a, being a writer. Um, so, I feel like I'm able to connect with families, and um, if there's a kind word or a consoling word that I can give them, then um, I'm i'm happy to share that um but in terms of just you know it's prayer and uh from a physical standpoint uh exercise you know i exercise 6 days a week um because it it mentally that's my time to really zone out and release all that i've i've taken in so but it's a, it's um, I understand how, how mental health is a real thing. So I'm not uh, oblivious to the fact that when I'm taking on such an, uh, a huge responsibility, that I need to find ways to healthily release this.
0: What is your zone of genius?
1: My zone of genius. Um, I've, I've been gifted to be able to connect with all walks of life. Um, you know, I grew up in the, in, in New Orleans, the inner city of New Orleans, um, went to college in Iowa. So if you talk about completely different worlds, I mean, those two environments are as, as, as polar of opposites as you can get. Um, so I've, I've connected with people from the street corner to the boardroom. Um, and so I, I feel like that is, uh, that has allowed me to walk through some doors that many people in my shoes may not have, have been able to and connect with people that, um, many people would have not been able to. So that's, I mean, I would say that's my, I've never thought of it as genius, but yeah, that's what I would say.
0: And what is your weakness as an.
1: Oh, there's this. I mean, how much time you got? Yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously. I um. <laughs> so, you know, my, 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 my greatest area of opportunity, I would say is uh, being organized Um. I've gotten a lot better, and I've I've hired people who that's their strengths, so they've helped me. Um, but I um, I still struggle with that. You know, there's a lot of things that I'm doing just besides my businesses. I mean, there's there's a lot that I'm involved with. So, um, trying to be organized to make sure that I maximize um, my time. Uh, to get the most out of my days is probably the, the, my biggest area of opportunity.
0: You mentioned you're a poet and you love mm-hmm. writing. So you have to tell us the story around that aha moment that you knew that your business was going to be successful. And if you have it in a poem, you can do that.
1: too. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I, I've, I've ironically i've never written about my business plight um my writing i write about relationships um that is because that's a that's a passion of mine um uh, especially i mean romantic relationships um i've always been intrigued by them um and i try to find words that Whenever I speak, if I can say something that can help bring a couple closer or help bring some clarity or some understanding that maybe they did not have, then that that gives me a rush. So that is that is what I, I mainly uh, write about. Um, but the aha moment when I knew my business was going to be successful. When my mentor poured into me. um because it was interesting, I, I'll go back to him, George. So he, George, was in he's in Griss, South Carolina, which is probably about two hours from where I where I live. And uh, George started out; he would invite me on the weekends to uh, you know just to to talk about the business. So I thought. So the first time I I traveled up to Griss, South Carolina, I went to his office and we sat down and he just told me a bunch of stories. Uh, he's a great storyteller. So he would tell me, you know, he told me some stories. Um, I sat and listened and then he sent me on my way, you know? So then he called me and the next weekend he said, Hey, are you coming up? And I said, sure. So I came up and um, this time we, we, he wanted to meet me at a restaurant in town and one of his favorite restaurants. So we went and we ate, shared stories, and uh, eventually sent me on my way. Um, so we skipped the weekend, but he called me the following weekend and asked me, Was I coming? And uh, so I went. And again, we talked a little bit about his journey, but never really anything about the business. So I left. So that next time that he called me, you know, I had gotten it in my head that, hey, man, this guy's. Playing games with me, he's wasting my time. You know, he's got me coming up here. He's not told me anything about the business. Cause I, in my head, I thought I'd go up there. He'd show me the lay of the land, and off I'd go. You know, I'd, I'd be inspired, and that was it. <laughs> well, I, I remember driving up, saying, "Man, this guy's not gonna waste my time." I tell you, if he doesn't tell me anything, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna let him have it. Let him know that I'm spending way too much time and way too much gas. I, you know, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> so I remember sitting in his office and I guess he saw my nonverbals because I, I, I slouched in the chair. I had my arms folded, all the classic signs of shutting down. So I guess he, then he told me, he said, listen, you know, I know I've, I've had you come up here several times and uh, we haven't talked anything about the business. And he's like, that's that's by design. So I kind of perked up a little bit like, okay, what, what, what kind of games are you playing? He said, you know, this industry, the, the monument industry, is uh, it's a very old industry. And he said, it's made of people that look like me. Now, when he said look like me, um, <laughs> he's a Caucasian gentleman. And he said, um, the reality is the customer service is generally bad, but we know you have to come to us. So it really doesn't matter. And I said, wow. And he said, I wanted to see if you had the right heart for this and the right spirit. And you... wanted to be sure that you were truly ready for this. And he... I assure you, Um, you'll be just fine. He's like, I'll teach you everything you need to know about the industry. You just keep the spirit that you have. And it was at that point that a a calmness came over me and I said, okay. So for some reason, I I trusted him. I trusted his words. I felt the sincerity and uh, I followed his lead. And for, like I said, for several years, I, I didn't start my business, but I just mentored under him. And, um, so it took three years for me to feel confident to say, okay, let me, let me get out there and, um, give a, give a go at it. And that's, so that's, it was at that point that I knew that, you know, and and once I was able to really start connecting with customers and the the drive that that gave me the rise, um, I knew I was doing what I was supposed to be. I, I was finally walking in my purpose.
0: And how did you find George to mentor you?
1: Um, the gentleman who came to me and asked me to write his uh, write a poem for his parents for their wedding anniversary, he connected me to him. Yeah, the guy who uh, who who did the the keepsake for my mother for Mother's Day. When I called him and said, "Hey, I want to learn more about." This of this thing is that you made he said okay I've got somebody that I want you to meet and that's how he made the connection for me.
0: And what happened to George?
1: Oh George is still around. No, he actually he created, he had a patent of a product in our industry that he created and he sold that patent. So he's for the most part he's retired now. But uh, we still talk all the time. He still checks on me and I check on him. But yeah, he's still around and I still lean on him when things come up or I just need a positive word. He's always been there for me.
0: That's beautiful. Now, that Mm -hmm. is a great story. So you Mm -hmm. talked about you love romantic relationships. Tell us Mm -hmm. the most endearing Captivating story that you can regarding romantic relationships.
1: <laughs> Captivating story regarding romantic relationships. Uh, mm, so I am a hopeful romantic. So let me really let me really think. Um Okay, I will I will tell you um so years ago um before my uh my entrepreneurship journey um I worked for a bank uh in the Midwest and at this particular job um there was two people two coworkers of mine and my two work my two coworkers they started dating And I was the, you know, they, we were all, I mean, I was mutual friends with both of them. So they started dating. They ended up getting married. Um, and they started having trouble early on in the marriage. And, uh, it was a little odd for me because I was friends with both of them. So I would hear the frustrations from both sides and, uh, the so the the husband he traveled for work he traveled a lot and uh the wife was in a different department but she stayed you know she didn't she didn't travel so she was frustrated and she said you know she confided in me that she she thinks maybe this was a bad idea and she doesn't think it's going to work and he would tell me man this is this is frustrating like She's always complaining. She's never happy, you know, and I don't know what to do, you know? So I, I asked her, I said, Hey, don't, don't give up. I said, can, I said, let's just go to dinner. I want to take you guys to dinner and, uh, you know, my treat, let's just go. Okay. And, uh, so we went to dinner and, uh, No, what happened prior to that is I asked her to, um, I asked her, I said, just hold tight, you know, just don't give up. So she decided that she, he was, her husband was out of town and she was going to make this uh, elaborate dinner, really decorate the house and really greet him. And as her last gasp effort, to show him that, hey, I'm really into you, right? I really want this. So she decorated the house, candles, very romantic, made this dinner. Now, she's not much of a cook, but she took her time, tried to prepare the meal. So the husband, he came home uh, and he sat down, ate dinner, um, told her, uh, hey, the food is good. And after dinner, they went, laid on the couch he held her and they fell asleep so fast forward so at dinner when we were all having dinner she said she was devastated at his response and she said uh and he responded with what are you talking about that is the first time in a long time that I can remember that I felt so at ease with you and she said, but you didn't mention anything about the decorations, all the hard work. You didn't do anything. And he said, but laying on a couch with you, holding you like that was so peaceful. And it was the first time I've had a chance to exhale. And I, and, and though, at that moment, I've never loved you more. And so there's a book that, uh, that I always suggest couples read. It's called The Five Love Languages. Uh, great read. And in that book, it talks about there's five different ways that people show and people receive love. So um, one of the ways is, one of one of the love languages is words of affirmation, which the woman, the wife, That's the love language that she received words of affirmation. So, but he didn't, she felt like the husband didn't come in and validate all that she had done. But his love language is physical touch. So, for him, he's communicating his love by spooning with her on the couch. So, in his mind, he's saying he loves her by doing that. But she wanted, to be shown her love language by him celebrating the fact that she'd taken the time to really decorate and she needed those words to you know to that so that she knows so I shared so as I heard that though and and I said I I recommended that they read this book I just said listen before you all make any decisions because I'm you know, I, I think you all on the you're on the same page. You just have to you're in the same book. You just have to get on the same page. I think is how I I positioned it to them. So they ended up reading that book, and they discussed it, and so they started, they understood with each other's love language, love languages were at that time, and from there they made a conscious effort to speak to each other in those languages. So um, fast forward, this has been probably 20 years now, and uh, they're still going strong. But um, had they not been open to coming together and and listening to something that was a foreign concept to them, who knows where they'd be now. But that was a success story that um, I'm I'm proud of them for, for sticking it out.
0: That was a great story. Thank you for sharing mm-hmm. Roy why are you here?
1: so why am i here that is uh that's a loaded question um when people ask me why am i here i I'm here to uh to create a legacy um I always say you know my life you know my life is 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 built and judged on on the things that I acquire, but my legacy is, is built on things I leave behind and things I give out. So I am here every day to create my legacy, um, to be a productive member of my society, my, my community rather, and just to spread as much love and as much, um, just as, as much positivity um, it's possible, um, pouring into others, um, whether it be about relationships or whether it be about inspiring them to, to go on their journey of, in, um, entrepreneurship, whatever that is. Um, I know the power of, a, of a kind word, you know, so, and I also know how much a negative word, the impact that that has as well. So just, just always trying to spread something positive to those around me. That's why I'm here. So,
0: Troy, speaking of legacy, when it's all said and done, how do you want to
1: be? I want to be remembered as um, as someone who loved people, who cared about his family, um, someone who is a a good man. Um, And when I say a good man, I I mean a protector, um, a provider, um a spiritual head um uh, somebody who cares about children and and is is willing to uh do whatever to 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 pave the way to make things easier for them
0: um i want to reach out to the audience and see if there's anyone that had a question that they wanted to ask you and um if I don't get anyone, I do have one last question that I want to ask you. Okay. If you conducted the interview, what is the one question that you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer. Hmm.
1: So one question I would would ask myself, um, well, it's kind of a two-part question. I would say, um how do you define success um and if you are ready to take the journey of entrepreneurship what would you do what would you suggest doing so it's kind of a two part question so that that's what i would that's what i would ask um I, so i would say uh, in terms of defining success uh, which I think it's it's very important that you you have a definition of that. Um, otherwise, if you don't know what success looks like, it's it's kind of like swimming in a a pool with no edges. You know, you're just or running a race that has no finish line. Like you don't know how to measure it. So, but success is to me is um, being able to connect with your God-given purpose and walking in that purpose on a daily basis. Um, And once you're able to do that, you'll be able to look at things from what I would say, from a worm's eye view to now looking at them from a bird's eye view. Um, And once you have that perspective, then you can understand that things don't necessarily happen to you, but they happen for you. So I feel like once you're able to, to, to understand that, uh then life takes on a whole new meaning for you. Um in part B, um which you know, we're we're talking about, you know, if you do decide that, you know, entrepreneurship is, is your 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 journey, um I, I would say there's 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 three Ds. I call them the three D's Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's not always easy, but it's simple. Um, The first D is uh, you have to dream it. Um, You have to imagine yourself in that role, whatever that is, whatever that industry is, you have to first be able to see it before you can actually do it. Um, So once you, once you dream it, um, then you have to, you have to diagram it. Um, you have to write it out. you have to make it plain um, and the more specific that you can make it um, the better you the better chances you have of hitting your 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 targets and the last thing is you just have to do it um, there's a lot of people out there who thought about being an entrepreneur. they talk about it, they desire to do it. But they just, for one reason or another, haven't put it in motion. Um, so those are my three Ds, and then I would say you just have to be careful about you know there are going to be some challenges when you have those three Ds. Uh, the the first D of of dreaming it, um, you 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 have to identify somebody who's doing something that you admire, even if they're not in your industry. But you, you have to be able to watch them. Um, and then the, the drawing it out, making it plain, um, the, the pothole that we, we come with that is we don't make it plain enough. Um, if, I, if it's 2022 and I said I want to start a business, then I need to, when do I want to start the business? So when do I want to you know, so start it? What is it going to take to start it? You know. So you, you write it out and then you look at it every day to make sure you're staying on track. And um, the third one is doing it, and that goes back to what I talked about earlier about having the right circle around you, because um, it's it's sometimes you know, and sometimes it's it can be family members, but your vision is 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 your vision. It's it's not for everybody else a lot of times. So even so, the people around you don't don't they don't have that same vision or they don't know how to support you. Um then they, they can't really pour into you. And it's no fault of their own a lot of times, but you have to have people around you that can help push you. Uh, Cause there will be in those inevitable times where it's it's going to get harder. You're going to question it and you're going to think, Oh, this isn't from me. I should quit. But having the people around you that says, no, 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 uh, you're not going to do that. So you're going to keep pushing. So then that helps you do it. So That's, that's my three things, you know, those three D's, um, you know, again, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. But at the end of the day, it's, it's well worth it. It is, it is absolutely well worth it. So, um, that would be my question.
0: Thank you for that, Troy. We've come to the part of our interview. It's called Fun Facts Lightning Round. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I want you to give me very quick answers. If there's something you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Are you ready for the Fun Facts Lightning Round?
1: Yes, I am. I'm excited.
0: Your first job.
1: First job was a place called Checkers. Well, it was rallies. It was a fast food restaurant, um a fast food place called Rallies. Yeah, and I was uh, I worked on the grill.
0: Your favorite color?
1: Uh brown.
0: Your favorite holiday?
1: <sighs> Christmas.
0: The last movie you saw?
1: Mm. the last movie I saw uh wow i haven't um the last movie well i' saying i don't i haven't gotten to a movie in a long time um <laughs> it's an old Wait. one it's an old one um uh brown sugar mm-hmm.
0: you relax doing what
1: um uh, Writing and exercising.
0: Your favorite singer or rapper?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Your Did you hear that? Okay. Your Your favorite singer or rapper?
1: Um, favorite singer. Um. Uh, he's no longer with us but i would say uh Tupac
0: your favorite dance song uh, <laughs> uh
1: not for me to dance off but the one that i i love the response that people is is juvenile back that thing up <laughs>
0: What food you eat every week, no matter what? Shrimp. Your favorite month? February. Workout or hit the couch? Workout. Troy Vinson, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast. Before we let you go, why don't you share with our audience the best way for them to connect with you and to do business with you? And feel free to leave all your social media handles.
1: Okay. Um, So website is www.engravinghouse.com. And uh, all of the social media handles um, at Engraving House is how you can connect with us. So I certainly appreciate your time and this opportunity. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, this is this has been an amazing uh, evening. So thank, thank you for that, Dr. Francis.
0: My pleasure, Troy. That's a wrap. And Happy New Year's to everyone that was listening. And we so appreciate you, Troy.
1: Yes, ma'am. You create a great evening, okay? Thank you.
0: Bye-bye.